The Apostle Paul had an understanding that this was the last time, this trip was the last time he would be seeing the church at Ephesus. So he called all the elders together and began talking to them, and he shared with them some things that God had revealed to him. Paul says in Acts 20, start at verse 25, And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. It's in Acts 20. Antichrist was always already sitting there among those elders, just waiting for the opportunity to speak perverse things to cause other people to follow them, and they were going to set up their own churches. This all started in the time of Paul. The Apostle John explains, 1 John 2, verses 18, 19, Little children, it is the last time. See, they saw this early church as the last days of Christ, last days on the earth. It is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. People come into a church group they come in saying Jesus is Lord. This does not mean they're of God. In Matthew chapter 24, the disciples came to Jesus pointing out the temple and how beautiful it was. And Jesus said, the time is coming when that will all be torn down. Well, then that sort of woke the disciples up. And they said, well, when is the end time, and when is the time of your coming, and what will be the sign of the end time? Well, Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no man deceive you, 
For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. Many come into the churches, join a church, even are baptized at church, and think they are the church, but they don't have the Spirit of God. And unless you have the Spirit of God, you really can't follow God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So we have a mixture of people who belong to God and people who do not belong to God. The ones who do not belong to God usually just stare at you when you try to share what God has done in your life. They're just waiting for you to get shut up, basically, to not be talking about God, where they can share something of the wisdom of man. For the wisdom of God is foolishness to them. And they think themselves to be wise. So there's a great division already in the group as you sit among the group. So then they splintered off. Those people like the men at Ephesus that was just waiting there to rise up, waiting till Paul left so that he could take over and speak perverse things to draw away disciples to himself. All these denominations, most of them started back there at the time of the early church. They were just waiting for their opportunity to draw men to themselves and set up their own church groups. So it is a real tangle when you see church groups. It's a real mess. And some people like to say, I'm Baptist. And another will say, I'm Methodist. There was a woman once in a group I was in, and she just, it was a bridge group. And she just loved to say, I go to Church of Christ. I took my cousin over to the bridge center when she visited Lubbock. And as we left, now I had apparently departed off with her husband into the kitchen probably to eat. And she was visiting with the people And as we left, she said to me, that white-haired woman over there, she told me she's Church of Christ. That's the first thing she said to me. I said, oh, she does that with everybody. She thought she was witnessing to God, but she was witnessing to her church. The minute you speak and say which church you go to, You bring division to the body of Christ. If you say, I'm Baptist and the Catholic is listening to you, there's division. If you say, I'm Catholic and a Baptist is listening to you, there's division. And Paul ran into this. He ran into this worship of ministries. One wanted to say, I'm of Apollos. And the other would say, I'm of Paul. It was all puffed up pride And in doing this, they were all carnal. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, 
but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, another saith, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? One says, I'm Baptist, the other says, I'm Methodist. But nobody tells what God is doing. It's what they're doing. It's what their church group's doing. What their preacher is doing. Worshiping that preacher. He's the best preacher in town. I have the best preacher. No, I have the best preacher. And then they divide and forget they're the body of Christ. And there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one doctrine. And that's the doctrine of the Bible. But that's devils just bringing division into the churches. And then humans who do not have the Spirit of God are there, and they can jump on one of the bandwagons. Raise the flag and see who salutes it. But we are all one body. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One doctrine. A Messianic Jew woman told Pam Paget that she was hoping to remarry. She had been divorced. She'd met a man. She wanted to remarry. Pam shared with her that according to the Bible, if you remarry as a divorced woman, you commit adultery. This Messianic Jew said to Pam, Oh, I'm Messianic Jew. We have our own doctrine, meaning we don't go by the Bible. You can't follow Jesus without going by the Bible. Jesus is the Word. I shouted at Pam when she told me the story of what this woman said. I said, there's only one doctrine, and that's the Bible. And here this woman is telling us she does not go by the Bible because their church has their own doctrine. I've heard it before. I shared with somebody once about John saying there were many Antichrist. And this woman looked at me and says, Well, I think I'll just go by what they teach at our church. I was shocked. They throw out portions of the Bible to teach what they think. And there's division everywhere. And error. And evil. And devils. We know God will win out in the end. We know the righteous will be removed from this earth. When Jesus returns. I really hate it when anyone says to me, what church do you go to? How do you respond to them? No matter what you say, you're in trouble. I've often said, 
I go to the churches when they teach the Bible, as long as they teach the Bible, as long as they have the Spirit of God leading them. I am a Christian. It's not that I'm a Baptist or a Methodist or Church of Christ or Democrat or Republican. That's all division. I'm a Christian because God revealed sin to me and showed me that I was committing sin when I didn't, I didn't even know it. And I didn't fight him. I was just shocked. Here's what I heard him say by his spirit. I was alone in a bedroom, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. See, I didn't know. Well, at that moment, I was born again. Added to the body of Christ by Jesus. And immediately, my best friend said, you've got to go to church. So I went to this church that she and her husband attended. It was a little non-denominational church called Believer's Chapel in Dallas, Texas. Their preachers were from Dallas Theological Seminary. And one preacher was teaching a series on the subject of tongues are of the devil. Well, I really didn't know what a tongue was. I'm not, I doubt that I'd ever heard of that. But as I read the Bible and got to 1 Corinthians 14 and read what Paul said, and he said, forbid not to speak with tongues, I realized they were teaching the exact opposite to the Bible at that church. So I told my friend, and she said, where did you read that? And I said, well, I read it here, and I dug out my little Bible out of my purse and showed it to her. First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty nine, I think it was, forbid not to speak with tongues. And she was shocked. We went to her house. She had several different translations of the Bible, and she read every one of them, and every one of them said the same thing, forbid not to speak with tongues. And here our pastor was teaching the tongues are of the devil. I said to Donna, well, I'm not going to go back to that church. See, I chose the Bible over the church. The minute I saw the doctrine from the Bible, I chose the Bible because I belonged to God. He had put his spirit in me. The spirit is the Holy Spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit of truth is not going to disagree with the Bible. So Donna said, well, I'm not going to go back either. Well, went to another church, and I didn't actually see things that were wrong. There were things I didn't like, but I didn't know that they were wrong. But God gave me a dream, and by that dream, he got me out of that church. So then I started hunting a church to attend. And I went to one little non-denominational church 
And the pastor was teaching on a Wednesday night, and he was teaching in John chapter 8 about the woman taken in adultery. About 200 people were in the congregation, and pastor said when the woman was brought before Jesus, she was naked from her waist up. Well, I just almost fainted. I had my Bible with me, and I grabbed it and reread John chapter 8, knowing that that was not in John 8, and knowing it was not in the Bible anywhere, that this woman was brought to Jesus naked from the waist up. I glanced around at the people in the congregation. Nobody was reaching for a Bible. Nobody. I saw no one reaching for a Bible. The men were sitting there with big, lustful grins on their faces. One man was a man that had done some concrete work for me in a building project. He, he was, looked like, I mean, I could tell he was lusting after this woman and imagining what she looked like. This preacher had brought lasciviousness into the church with his statement. The next day I called him and I said, I was in your service last night when you were teaching about John 8. And you mentioned the woman was brought before Jesus naked from the waist up. And I can't find that in the Bible. And I said, would you please tell me where it is? Dead silence. And then he said, I just can't remember where it is. I said, well, it really is important to me to know where it is. So would you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me and tell me? He started screaming at me and he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, that was the point. I was trying to find one to attend where I could meet with the church. But you can't meet at a church where the pastor is speaking things that are not in the Bible and speaking them to the church group as if they are true and causing lasciviousness in the hearts of the people in the church group. I talked to that man that had done the concrete work for me. And I said, that isn't in the Bible, what that pastor spoke. Well, that kind of sobered him up. I said, that, that, that's not in the Bible. And he was an elder at that church. A few weeks later, I saw him at an Assembly of God church. I was still looking for a church to attend. And he said, I'm no longer going to that church. He said, the pastor wanted a homosexual to be choir director. And I left that church group. But he didn't leave the church group over the pastor perverting the word of God. You'll find that so many people have little preferences. They don't conform themselves to the New Testament Bible. 
Some people are against homosexuals. Some people are against divorce. Some people are against drinking, drunkenness. So when you're speaking parts of the word of God concerning drunkenness, they don't have any trouble going along with it. But you start speaking about the subject that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, then they have trouble with those scriptures because they don't conform themselves to the word of God. They have their own preferences. Some people in churches today think that it's perfectly all right to be a homosexual or a lesbian. They do not conform themselves to Romans chapter 1. What does God think about this subject? What does God think? We know what God thinks because we have the Spirit of God, and secondly, we know what the Bible says. We know passages such as Romans chapter 1, where God calls it vile affections. He turns them over to vile affections. And he speaks, God speaks about both lesbians and homosexuals in Romans chapter 1 and explains that they were turned over to vile affections. Start at verse 25, God says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. This is God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. Paul said, be not conformed to this world and what they think, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God, to the Bible. Then we have to keep that word of God before us day and night and not let it slip. Because unless we keep the word of God before us day and night, we will turn on television and they will be showing all types of things contrary to the Bible. And in time, we'll get to where we think, well, maybe that's okay to do that. But when we go back and read the Bible, and we understand that the Bible is the inspired word of God, therefore the Bible is like God standing there himself, speaking his laws and rules to us, showing us what is right in his sight we get hopefully jarred back to reality of the Word of God. But if you don't keep the Bible in front of you, there's a very good chance what they're saying out there in the world and in some of the churches will sound reasonable. I heard that Catholic man that's called Pope, I heard him on a television news program once. Before I could get the sound turned off, I heard him say, 
Well, I don't see anything wrong about being homosexual. And I screamed at the television set, what about the Bible? Well, obviously, they don't read the Bible, they don't go by the Bible, they don't conform themselves to the Bible. Not in whole. Maybe in part, but not in whole. And it's all of the Word of God is inspired by God. All the Bible, all the scriptures are given by inspiration of God. This is Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. If it is given by inspiration of God, and we believe that, if we believe the Holy Bible is given by inspiration of God, then it is the Word of God. And it's as if God is standing there speaking those words to us. It's not the opinion of man. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We set our doctrine by the New Testament Bible. We correct ourselves and our thinking, bringing ourselves into agreement with God when we read the Bible. It's profitable to us for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. My mother was not a Christian. She was not a church-going person. We had no Bibles in the house where I was brought up. They didn't talk about against church or Bibles. We just didn't have any, and we didn't go to church. She loved horoscopes, and from the time I was an infant, she would read my daily horoscope to me. She would go to the drugstore each month and buy the horoscope magazine for the month and read it to me daily. After I was born again, I was visiting at her house. I opened the cabinet and I saw some Zodiac mugs which I had given to her before I was born again. She was watching me, but I didn't pay any attention to her. I just got a garbage bag and put the Zodiac mugs into the garbage bag. And she watched me, and then she realized what I was about to do. And she said, stop, wait. I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say a word to her. I just went out to the alley took the bag of the Zodiac mugs and broke them so no one else could use them and threw them in the dumpster in the garbage bag. I went back into her house and she didn't say a word and I didn't say a word. I went to my bedroom, got a Bible, brought it into her, opened it up and started reading it aloud at Deuteronomy 18. Verse 9, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. 
There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I quit reading, closed the Bible. She didn't say anything for a few seconds. And then she said, well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. The truth reached her. God opened her eyes to see her sin. And she repented and agreed with the Bible. That is being born again. And that is the way we are saved by God. When we agree with what God shows us by his spirit. Then the rest of our life, we put ourselves into agreement with God, scripture by scripture. We are Conformed into the image of Christ every time we see a scripture and obey that scripture. Antichrist comes into the church and says, Jesus is Lord, but Jesus is the Word, and the Word is not Antichrist Lord. He's anti to the Word. So he waits until he has an opportunity to rise up and speak his feeling about the subject. I don't see anything wrong with being a homosexual, says the Pope of the Catholic Church. Well, the Bible does. See, he's Antichrist. He's opposite from Bible. And anyone who is opposite from Bible and does not conform to the Bible is Antichrist. And it's everywhere. So you're born again and you have relatives who are attending various churches and they have doctrines that aren't the same as your doctrines. And you think you can be around them and not be affected. You just won't talk about that subject. Sort of like if you're a Democrat and they're a Republican, you won't bring up the subject of politics. So you purpose that you just won't speak about the subject of adultery or remarriage after divorce or homosexuals or anything like that that the Bible speaks of because you're afraid of offending your relative. Do that enough times and you might be turned over to a reprobate mind by God. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, that's a matter of, of not being free to speak the word of God, of not really retaining God in your knowledge, of just ignoring the things that might be offensive. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, will no longer be in you leading you 
if God turns you over to a reprobate mind, because Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. He says, Know ye not that Jesus lives in you, except you be reprobate? So if you're turned over by God to a reprobate mind after you're born again, that Spirit of God will be removed from you. You remember that prayer of David after his sin? He had the Holy Spirit. Not all of the people had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. David did. And he said, he begged God, take not thy spirit, thy Holy Spirit away from me. Please don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. He saw his sin. The prophet was sent to David to show him his sin with Bathsheba. Why, David had her husband killed in the army so that he could have Bathsheba. David pled with God not to take the Holy Spirit away from him. But he knew it was the sin he had done. You can't be this double-minded thing of walking on a fence and keeping those friendships with your religious relatives who won't follow Bible while you're trying to follow Bible. It, it's not going to work. What will end up happening is by your silence, you'll get to where it creeps in. Well, maybe you're wrong about this subject of homosexuals. Or maybe you're wrong about this subject of remarriage after divorce. And the world will get to sounding so reasonable to you. And you don't want to offend the world. You want them as your friends. James chapter 4. Know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You can't be a friend with the world and be a friend of God. That doesn't mean we go out and try to offend the world or carry placards or anything. But when the door opens and you're given opportunity on any given subject, that's when the Holy Spirit will remind you of the Scripture and you speak the Scripture. You can't walk both ways. You, it's too dangerous. You can be swept away. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus, in speaking to the church, says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. We overcome every time the Word of God rules over us. We speak the Word of God. Remember Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We can't hide our heads under the sand. We can't do it. We have to choose whom we will serve. The Word of God has to rule over us, and if the Word of God rules over us, we can't keep quiet. It'll be impossible. For the Holy Spirit in us will remind us of the Word of God, and we have to speak that Word. So Jesus says, He that overcometh, 
the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. We see that some people will have their names blotted out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And that's those who overcome. And we overcome another way, and that is by every problem that we face on this earth. We take each problem to God in prayer. We allow God to construct our way of how he wants us to deal with the person or the problem, and then we go that way. So we overcome every time there is a problem on this earth by turning to God and going his way. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.